Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up, episode 317. Just me helping you scale your business today. Uh, I have to say, before we start, I have this really annoying kind of frog in my throat or something like that. So I am going to try and get through this episode as best I can. But if I've got a bit more of a husky voice than normal, my apologies. Some of you might like it. Maybe that's a bit weird. But either way, we are going to get into an important topic today that is something that you are going to have to address at some point if your business is growing, it's scaling, it's elevating through seven figures, and certainly if you get into that threshold of eight figures and above. So we're going to talk about whether having a board, an advisory board, a board of advisors around you is increasing the value of your company. Now, this is a really hotly debated topic. And the reason for that is having a great advisory board, basically people around you that can give a, a different perspective on what you're trying to create, should, really should, be adding value to you personally and to your business. But you'd be surprised how many times when you ask people about the boards they've had around them, the situations, the makeup of those boards, how there's been a heap of frustration and to some extent resentment and quite often this, this feeling that it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. So I want to kind of, as I said, demystify this a little bit today and I want to kind of get into where I think the big issues are with boards and how you can mitigate those issues, but more importantly, helping you to decide at what point in time you need to, to have this entity around you. So let's start at the very, very beginning, because I know there is a lot of people out there listening to this who are still in the sort of startup phase of their business. And if you think about it, when you, when you first kind of get into entrepreneurship, quite often it is you, right? It's you by yourself. You might have a few mates, that you speak to. You might have some other people that have started businesses that you can kind of reach out to and get some information. Maybe your parents, other people close to you have had their own companies. But when things really start to change, in my experience personally, and when I uh, advise others, is when they first either get a coach or some form of mentor around them. And usually that is a professional commercial relationship. So they are paying someone to bring in a certain set of experiences, skills, expertise to help them. Okay. So, so it's not just, you know, going down and having a beer at the pub with your mate. We're talking about a more formal setup. The other thing that people do early stage is they might join a group. They might join like Vistage, which is a, a you know, a, a shared group of business owners all collaborating. There are other networks and masterminds out there that people join. And that's usually the first time that they are putting themselves in an environment where they may not be asking directly for help, but they are certainly getting help, right? And if you think about it, as you start to evolve, as the business evolves, you need more help. And sometimes you need more you know, advanced help, people who have done stuff that you've never done before. And as the business grows and you have more resources, you know, more opportunities to invest in higher caliber people around you, bigger networks, all that sort of thing, that's when you're starting to build a board. So you're actually starting to build a board of advisors, 
when you first start to have a coach or a mentor in your business. But as you start to move up and if you sell your business to private equity, you know, private equity is going to put a board in the business straight away. And that's, from my experience, one of the most effective structures that I've personally been involved with. So when people say, oh, you know, boards don't work, I had a bad experience, my question or my challenge to them is why? Because my experience has been pretty good in the round when it's been clear what the board is supposed to do, when there has been engagement from that board, the selection has been really well considered. There is preparation in terms of all the things that need to happen before meetings, before you know brief calls, at, a, at any point that, that, that you are actually using that board to full effect, right? And the other thing that I think is really important is a board is super effective when it's focused on looking forward not when it's looking too far back in the history and the detail of the business. And this is where I think a lot of traditional boards, as they are, you know, if you think about the kind of picture of a traditional board, it's lots of old men in grey suits and sometimes they're drinking cognac and all this sort of stuff, like really old school kind of thinking. My, my sort of view of a board is a much more progressive and dynamic community, if you like, you know, certainly entity of people that is really focused on one thing, which is growing, scaling, building value in the business that they are working with. Okay, so lots in there. I'm going to just go through some more specifics now to help you. But I want to kind of go back a little bit to what I talked about before. What is it that stops boards from being fantastic? You know, what is the challenges for you to, 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 to creating a great advisory board? And if you do have any of those kind of intentions to set up a board, how should you start doing that? Okay. So let me unpack a little bit about private equity for a second, right? So in my experience in private equity, you know, the boards are generally very effective, they're very engaged, and they're well organized. And the reason for that is when you have a board in private equity, a lot of the strategy of the company that that board is is working with is created at that board. And instead of the CEO coming in and creating the strategy themselves with their their C-suite leadership, they are usually getting a wider perspective from people who have been there and done that. So I was an operating partner in that environment. You've got some very, very intelligent people with fantastic academic records and, you know, MBA and Stanford, um, Harvard, sorry, Harvard and Stanford MBAs, all that sort of thing around you. You've got fantastic resources around you. And because there's a clear delineation between strategy is created at the board and it is executed close to, to the customer in the business, there's a very, very clear mandate of what is expected. But not all, as I said, boards are like that. So let's get into the major issues. So firstly, engagement. If you get invited to sit on a board, right? It's a huge privilege and you cannot take it lightly. So I'm a member of a number of boards and I'm always available and accessible to the CEO or the leadership team of the companies that I'm supporting. Quite often people go on boards and they think it's almost like um, some sort of trophy right? <laughs> and they're not really that there very much and not that engaged. If you have anyone that you are considering to put on your board who even has elements of that, I would say don't do it, right? So that's the first bit. The second bit is if you are going to have an effective board, you have to be able to prepare in advance 
on the structure of that. So what I mean by that is how often are you going to meet? What are the expectations? It's almost like for the individuals that you invite to be on that board, you've got to have like a role profile, right? They've got to be able to come in and deliver things. And they have to be able to come in and deliver things that they're expected to deliver based on their experience and their skills and that support where the business is going. So remember, the title of this episode today is Do Advisory Boards Add Value to a Business? And yes, they do if you have the right people around and their skill set is driving what the business is trying to be and to create. Okay, so sounds simple, but sometimes I think when people look at, you know, inviting someone to a board, they don't go deep enough into exactly what that business needs to then qualify or validate whether that's the right person. Okay, so so those those pieces are super important. The next piece I want to talk about is strategic thinking looking forward, you know, the next 90 days, the next six months, the next 12 months, maybe the next three years at an absolute maximum. And making sure that when you have, you know, quarterly board meetings or different engagements, you are focusing the majority of your time on what the business needs to become. So it's great to look backwards to move forwards, right? Sometimes you have to go back into the detail. And certainly when you're doing a business valuation, you have to look at the last few years of performance to track forward. But a board really is about the forward momentum, the forward plan. And if it's about building value, remember a business is, you know, a business that sells for the highest possible multiple. It's based on the predictability and the sustainability of that business performing into the future. So when you've got the right people around you and they're talking about that growth plan, that strategy, that thing that's going to be, you know, driving that value in the future, that's going to increase your multiple, right? If you're looking backwards and trying to work out situations and doing too much of that sort of what I call navel gazing, then that's not going to be great. So, so ineffective boards, I personally think, spend too much of their time looking backwards and not forward. Okay. The final piece I want to talk about here, I think you've probably got the sense that having the right people around you in an advisory capacity does add value. So in my experience, it certainly does. If you're in a situation right now where you're not getting that, right, then I would suggest you've got the wrong board, right? Or you haven't put the right framework and structure around that board, okay? If you want to have some fun, what I like to think about is this idea of a dynamic board. And what that means is you have a certain number of people that are there. They're invited as board members and you want that for stability, right? There's a strong relationship that that forms when you have kind of people in the business running the operation. You've got people who have got experience helping with the strategy and you're together for a few years trying to create an outcome. And that outcome is quite often an exit. There's a lot that is said for the depth of that relationship. But what you should also do as the business changes, as the market changes, is you should bring people in to the board when certain skills or experiences are needed. Now, they don't have to become a long-standing board member at all, but they do need to come in and maybe shake things up, bring innovation, uh, create new networks, uh, partnerships that may need to be um, considered. And that level of agility combined with the stability of your core team on the board, I think is a really progressive way of you being able to get, as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, the right support when you need it, which is going to help you massively get to the end outcome. Okay? 
So hopefully that answers the question. I think it does. And I have, you know, absolutely got some maybe polarizing views on this. But I honestly want you to realize that having the right people around you in any capacity is going to help you. So even if you've had a bad experience, don't think that one bad experience means that every experience you're going to have is bad. Okay. If you've got a a board now, maybe you've raised money and you've got people in that board that aren't helping you. You know, it's your job as the founder, the CEO, the leader to change that. You know, you do have the ability to remove things, obstacles, let's call it, that aren't working. Now, sometimes I get brought in to help do that on behalf of businesses and their leaders. Not my favorite job, but I've done it because you can't have a situation where it's not effective or ineffective. It's just not going to support you. Okay, so the final thing I'm going to say today is at what stage do you need a board? I touched on this a little bit when I said, you know, at the very beginning on startup, you have coaches, you have mentors, you go to masterminds or whatever. But my personal view is that as you are in that journey from seven to eight figures, you need to start to build your board. Okay, that's the point. Certainly when you start to break into the the early seven to mid seven figures, you need to start to be building your board. That might be just one person coming in at that stage. When you break into eight figures, you have to have what I would call a full board. Okay, so that means you might have two or three people that are external non-exec supporting you in different skills, experiences. Plus, you'll have usually yourself if you're the CEO still. You'll have your CFO. You might have your COO. So there's usually in that situation two or three of the leadership team, the really the really sort of um, top-level leaders in your business with a few non-execs. And at that point in time, you will have a chairperson. Now, quite often when I'm helping someone sell their company, I will help the CEO, the founder, uh, effectively step up to become the chairperson, particularly if they don't want to transition when they sell their company. But having a really strong chairperson lead the board strategically, great leadership, great network, all of those things is a huge value add to your business. Okay, so there we have it. Today's episode, I hope you enjoyed that. Does having a board increase the value of your business? 100% it does. Equally, having the wrong board can cause a lot of problems and issues. So you don't want to be doing that. Okay, hope you enjoyed that. And I didn't have my voice fail on me, which is fantastic. (laughs) As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.